Hello, beautiful people. Today's conversation is with my soul sister, Rachel Farabah is an art gallery owner in Sedona, Arizona, where she sells her beautiful art and other merchandise called Bohemian Dreamer. Today's conversation is about the spirit animal oracle deck that she designed, hand-painted 77 animals. Enjoy, beautiful people. Hello, beautiful people. I'm here with Rachel Farabah, and we'll be talking spirit animals. So Rachel Farabah is a book author, a spirit deck creator, an oracle deck creator, and there's a lot of channeling that was done in the process. So we're here to rewind and hear the journey that you had to connecting to these animals, creating this deck for the world, now recently publishing your own book for the world, Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Um, yeah, it's been quite a journey. Uh, something like this takes years, and it's been a labor of love, truly. Mm. And honestly, my passion for animals, for tarot, for animals, it all started in childhood. And was something that was always just a part of me, but in the background. Until eventually that voice inside of me said, okay, I have to make this a priority. I need to speak up on behalf of animals. I want to protect them. I want to help them. I want to help people understand them so they actually care enough about them that they want to help them or want to protect their environments or overcome their fears of them, for Mm. example. So when you were younger, I feel like all kids are excited about puppies, but was it different (laughs) for you? I was really into bugs. Mm. Like, I was picking up every insect you can imagine. I mean, I, I was picking up like um, earwigs, and then I would get pinched, and like, okay, don't pick up the ones with pinchers. Mm. But there was no fear. You know, I was picking up snakes, spiders, um, anything. I just loved all creatures. Mm. And then I noticed that people are afraid of mice. They're afraid of snakes. They're afraid of a lot of things. And so I kind of asked myself, like, where does that come from? Is that conditioned into us? Is that is that a deep primal fear that we have? You know, where does this come from, and how do we how do we show that all creatures are lovable and worthy of our protection and our respect, admiration? Mm. I kind of looked at insects like tiny creatures. It was like if these were mammals, people would be awe inspired. Like if these were five feet long, not mm. an inch long, like would they be different? But they're so beautiful. So how did you learn to start channeling them? And what was the knowledge that allowed for you to create this Oracle deck? Well, I think I was just really focused on finding them or noticing them in my environment. You know, so we would go camping when I was little and I would I would wait for the chipmunks to come out. I would, put, I would give them food and put them in the palm of my hand and wait for the chipmunk to earn my trust, to mm. then sit in my hand and take the food. Or I'd catch salamanders or frogs or turtles, crayfish, you know, whatever it was, I was always out there looking for creatures mm-hmm. and animals. And I don't know, it was just the most beautiful part of the environment around me was the animals. So... Did you travel places to connect to more animals? Yeah, you know, when you're when you're young, whatever environments or landscape that you grew up in, you kind of get familiar with what's around. 
Mm-hmm. And then I read National Geographic magazine and I saw all the photography ads from Canon. And I was like, I want to be a photographer. Mm-hmm. I want to go to the jungles. I really, really want to. I, I loved the jungle when I was little mm-hmm. and always wanted to go and just see the diversity and the new range of wildlife, butterflies, insects, all of it. And so in my later years as an adult, I was finally able to travel and start going to jungles. And that changed my entire reality. By connecting to the animals there? Yeah, going to going to the Amazon jungle, for example, it's just so rich with biodiversity. And it's so primitive and wild. And you're surrounded by snakes and spiders and piranhas and otters that are six feet long. You know, mm-hmm. things you've never seen before. And they're still discovering new life every single day. Mm. So it's exciting to be in these environments and to see something beautiful walk across your path. Right. And it's by chance. You know, you're out there and which animals are going to show up that day? Are you going to find a sloth, a giant anteater, a, um, an anaconda? You know, like anything is possible mm-hmm. when you're in the jungle like that. So... I, for people listening, I'm holding a deck of 77 animals that were hand-painted by Rachel. It's an oracle deck, and these 77 animals have a meaning. Yeah. So what was the inspiration to start painting these animals and to channel them so deeply that you're able to share their knowledge with the world? First, the paintings wanted to come to life mm-hmm. because you can capture an animal on video or photograph sometimes it's really hard uh, Mm -hmm. but they move quickly and you're lucky if you can get a flash of them but the impression that they made was so powerful that I wanted to capture that uh, the beauty and the awe that they inspire so I felt painting was the best way to bring them to life because you can really capture their essence or their soul Mm -hmm. and you can use these vibrant colors and and just when people see a picture of something it's one thing but when they see a painting it inspires a whole new feeling within themselves so the paintings were first mm-hmm. I was so inspired from traveling I knew I needed to paint them and then that turned into probably about 200 animal paintings over the course of two years <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! God. and there's still so much more every time I would pick an animal to paint I would start going through the photographs of the different kinds like monkey for example mm-hmm. there's so many kinds of monkeys that I could I could have picked to represent monkey Mm -hmm. that you start to look at all these different monkeys with a whole new lens. And I found a monkey that's blue and yellow. Wow. And it blew my mind because I had no idea we had blue and yellow monkeys. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, that's the one that has to represent the monkey. Mm -hmm. It's just so amazing. Like it's so out there. Right. But I've spent years going to the Amazon jungle and uh, researching monkeys. Mm -hmm. And so I've been out there and, you know, there, there's so many, and my favorite one in the wild is owl monkey. Mm. Which they have these big eyes like owls, Ooh. and they're so cute. And then the pygmy marmosets, which mm. are the tiniest, cutest little primates. Mm. You know what's so interesting is, so when I first arrived to Sedona, I went to a coffee shop, and there's an oracle deck on the coffee shop. And this was, I'm a spiritual person, but... Sedona has elevated my spirituality times 100 Mm -hmm. just because I've surrendered to it. But I'm sitting at the coffee shop. I pick up this animal oracle deck and the first, and the first, this was your 
Oracle deck. I did not know you then. And I pick up a unicorn. And that whole day, everyone would walk into the coffee shop, pick up a spirit animal, resonate with that spirit animal, and put it down. And it's so fascinating now, first of all, that I'm holding that same Oracle deck. But also, the next time I came into the coffee shop, I said, so this was, that was coffee shop day one. Coffee mm-hmm. shop day two, I was like, okay, Chloe, the cat, has more to say about this. <laughs> so the second time I came into the coffee shop, I pick up the Oracle deck, and there's a conversation behind me about dolphins. And I wow. said to myself, if there is a universal force that is around me right now, I will pick a dolphin right now. And I picked a dolphin. <laughs> and everyone around me was like, are you, is this for real? I was like, I don't know if this is for real or what is yes, happening. that's for real. So it made me connect so deeply to the power in the atten- intentions. Yes. So Dolphin had a message for you that day, and it was so loud and clear that it was in conversation behind you. And then out of 77 cards, that's the card that came forward. Yeah. This is how spirit animals talk to you. Mm-hmm. They have these ways of connecting with you. And there's it's beautiful. I love that you had that experience. Mm. And that other people got to witness that too. So how do they work? And... For people that have a lot of misconceptions about spirit animals, is there just one spirit animal? How do I connect to my spirit animal? How do I know? So the first time I connected to my spirit animals was through meditation. Mm -hmm. And a white reindeer came forward, among other things, like a a gnome and Mm -hmm. other, other creatures. But this beautiful white reindeer came forward, and it was so majestic and so beautiful. It didn't even say a word. Mm-hmm. Just the vision of that white reindeer stuck with me. And the feeling that it invoked stayed with me. So when it came time to make my deck um, and reindeer came up, I was like, oh, I'm going to bring my spirit reindeer into this. Um, you can, so to answer your question, you can meditate. You can ask, are there any spirit animals that want to show themselves? And they'll show you visuals. Mm-hmm. They might have messages if you continue connecting you can ask, is there anything you want to share? Is there any message you have for me? And you're going to start to intuitively get these messages. You are also going to see them in real life. Like you, you had that experience. You'll start to see them, hear them mentioned. Uh, you might even see the actual animal themselves start to cross the road in front of you when you're driving or, or just show itself in symbol form. Mm. So I always hear maybe cardinal or blue jays Mm -hmm. and is that something that has to do with maybe like a ancestor so i i have a lot of connection with ravens Mm -hmm. whenever i hear ravens or see them i feel like i'm home so there's a familiar feeling Mm -hmm. so you're paying more attention to cardinals and blue jays so there's a message that those two birds have for you there's a lot of birds every day around us but which ones are you noticing right What do you have to say to people that say, well, animals are everywhere. Things are just a coincidence. Do you believe in magic? (laughs) Because Mm. there's so much magic and joy and wonder. Yeah. If you want to write that off every day as nothing special, that's one way to live. Or you can look at everything as a gift. Mm Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. I choose to see everything as a beautiful expression every Mm -hmm. day. And it's so... It's... The, vi- the vision that you have in your mind and in your soul can be seen in the work that you create, in the life Thank that you. you live. 
I think everything is so special, mm-hmm. and especially in this life, these the diversity of life forms, the animal kingdom, plants, minerals, insects. Um, you can take it for granted that it's just there every day, or you can stop and observe, wow, this rock is beautiful. How did it get there? Mm-hmm. This butterfly, this hummingbird, whatever they might be that's that you're witnessing, it's such a gift every day to see it. And then when you connect deeply with them, you ask, okay, what are they doing? What's their message? What's their meaning? What's their purpose? Mm-hmm. Why are they here? And how do we have a relationship together? Mm. So for these seven, se- 77 animals, did you, how did you channel into them to understand why they're here to then create the message in the tarot deck? It started with a painting. Mm-hmm. And with the painting, they would start channeling in as to how they wanted to be depicted on on canvas. Which colors do they want to have with them? Do they want to be facing you or away from you? Is it a zoomed in close up of their face or is it the whole body? So there's a whole energy that they carried just from the painting first. After the paintings were done, I started researching uh, the different cultures that, there's a lot of cultures that have spirit animal messages. There's native, Celtic, um, mythological, fantasy, even biblical. They mm-hmm. all have meanings to different different people and different cultures throughout time. So I kind of got a universal message download as I was researching. But then I asked each animal, if you had only one message, what would the specific message be? Because a lot of the wisdom that you find out there, there's a lot of mixed messages. Or there's, It could be five to ten different things mm-hmm. if you're looking up an animal. I wanted each of my animals to have one strong message so that when you pull it, it's really, really clear. Mm-hmm. And so I let them just download me as I was writing. It was just kind of a channeled amount of information coming through of, um, you know, like, like Otter wanted to be about playfulness and um, other ones are very serious. Mm-hmm. How were you able to take yourself and your mind out of the equation when channeling? It definitely took uh, took a little bit. When I first started writing, I wasn't so sure. You know, I was trying to find that voice. Mm-hmm. And it was, I realized it wasn't my voice to find. It was each animal spirit. And once I just surrendered and said, okay, it, I, can, I can look up all this reference that I want and see what's been done. But ultimately, we're Anybody who's ever written about animals, including myself, we're all just interpreting. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we're all getting the universal downloads, so we're all picking up on the same, same things and the characteristics of the animals and the behavior of the animals says a lot about them. Right. You know, how do they show up, um, and and what are they known for? Are they social animals? Are they solo animals? There's a lot that they they say without speaking. Mm. So I kind of just allowed myself to observe them, learn about their characteristics, um, and just then ask, okay, what is it? And the message became so clear. How long did it take for you to complete the tarot deck? Um, the uh, the Oracle Oracle deck. deck, Yeah. I painted for about two years and then spent about six months, actually maybe about nine months writing the book. Did you know after painting all of these animals that you were going to create a deck with them? I knew that the oracle deck was going to happen. That was my intention. I didn't know that the book was going to happen. Mm. 
I knew that after painting the animals, they wanted to be made into a deck mm -hmm. because I, I had already made a tarot deck and I spent three years making a tarot deck. So I know, I know what it takes to put something together of that magnitude. Mm. The Oracle deck was so clear. After making tarot, the animals were so clear. Hey, we want to be a deck. Um, by making animals into an Oracle deck, it elevated them back to a position of authority, of respect. When you just look at an animal like it's nothing and you move on with your day, mm -hmm. you don't really have a relationship with it. When you are going through something in your life and you want wisdom and guidance and you're pulling animals to guide you and mm -hmm. you pull a deck of cards out with animal wisdom, it changes your whole relationship with them. And I've watched it in real life. Um, I, I've had, I had this, these two women come into my shop and one was very religious, so she was afraid of the deck of animals mm. and she wouldn't touch it. And then her friend pulled the shark and she's like, oh, I hate sharks. I'm a, I don't like sharks. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want that. And then I read the message of the shark to her and I watched her face light up and she smiled and she said, oh, I love the shark. Mm. So within 60 seconds, she went from not liking sharks to liking sharks. Right. And if that, that's a powerful transformation if somebody can go from not liking an animal to liking an animal. If they can love all of them and remove their judgment, mm -hmm. then that's the whole intention of this. Right. Because we are all living together. Yes. And we happen as humans to be destroying land and not even considering the animal kingdom in the background. Mm -hmm. And most of it comes from fear. Mm -hmm. You know, people are afraid of animals, so they don't even want to look at them or talk about them, let alone protect them. Mm -hmm. um, or they're just so disconnected from nature themselves that they don't even think about it. It's just not even a part of the reality. Right. I. So because you created the tarot deck, you've always been very into before. So for mm -hmm. people listening, I'm holding the 77 animals but then there's also a tarot deck that was created by Rachel. Yeah, of 78 tarot cards. Of 78 tarot cards. So have you always been intuitive and you hold this magic? And through this magic, it's this channeling power to create. And therefore, for people listening, Rachel has an art studio in Sedona. We're sitting in her beautiful home right now. Like there's a lot of magic. Yes, I started, well, I, I came in seeing ghosts mm -hmm. as a child, and it was scary. So when I was younger, my gifts and abilities were scary because I didn't have, no one around me could see the ghosts or the spirits, and mm -hmm. um, I didn't really have, and everyone said, oh, those don't exist, or that's not real. But I was like, if I can see them, they're real, right? Mm -hmm. And they're, they're, they're clearly showing up sometimes. Um, how can you discredit this reality? So I kind of realized early on that there's multiple realities happening. And I didn't know why I had these abilities and others didn't. I always assume that we all have the abilities to, to see things or to have the experiences. And I still don't know why some are more tuned than others. Mm -hmm. But as I got older and I met other people who had gifts and abilities or who could see spirits or communicate with them, it became less scary. And then over time, I started diving more into spirituality and unprogramming the Catholic upbringing that I had, which pretty much demonized anything. You know, you're, like uh, tarot was basically the equivalent of a Ouija board. 
Mm. So when I was 14 and I got into dream interpretation and tarot, I kind of had to hide that part of myself. It still wasn't socially acceptable. And there wasn't internet even. I mean, this is pre-internet days. So I was just intuitively, you know, using tarot cards and interpreting dreams and buying books from bookstores and learning. So it was a really beautiful way to be introduced to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really have any context of spirit animals yet or oracle decks even. So everything just kind of organically builds over time. Mm-hmm. But it really started with spirits, dreams, and dreams have been such an important part of my reality that I've always known that there's a lot of importance and there's a lot of connection from the other side coming through. Mm-hmm. And how do you discern between the messages coming in from the spiritual realm and this human form that we're in, in your own mind? I'm not sure I understand the question. Like when you get these message downloads and these spiritual downloads, how can you discern them and understand the difference between the spirituality and just now? I'm not really sure there's much separation. Our mind, so our mind has the ability to create our reality Mm -hmm. and our imagination is so powerful. So I think what happens in maybe, you know, in spirituality or in this conception of, of the separation of the two Mm -hmm. is that, um, our mind is somehow separate from our heart or our mind is somehow separate or let like the ego, for example, gets um, kind of villainized, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're supposed to remove all ego, remove all mind, and just get into our heart, but it's it's a balance of both. Mm-hmm. So the more that we open up our hearts and become heart-centered, and then balance that with our logical mind, our intuitive. So our intuition kind of comes from a feeling within ourselves. So it's kind of a, uh, a gut feeling, the intuition from mm-hmm. your stomach. Um, the, so actually, it's like the first brain is kind of in our stomach, right? We get mm-hmm. a gut feeling. We feel if it's good or bad, right? And then it sends a reaction to our heart, and then the heart's going to react out of love or fear. Then that's going to send a signal to your brain, and your brain's going to react you know, accordingly to whatever signals your body's creating. Mm-hmm. So I think that with all of these messages coming through, we feel them, we, we filter them through the heart, through the mind, through the whole body. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's beautiful to hear you say that because you have had so many levels of surrender. Yes. It seems to acknowledge that space. Now I'm so understanding of it and integrating. That's a great word. Yeah, integrating. Integration is is big. Um, Just to to experience life through all of your senses. Mm -hmm. And then not just your physical senses. The more that you integrate all of this, and then you start to unlock your third eye. Mm-hmm. Your intuition, your your so clear sentience, clear audience, clairvoyance. There's so many different ways that you can intuit energy. You can have body sensations and feel shivers, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had to really overcome all the darker spirits that I was seeing in my childhood, and even up until about five years ago. So I learned how to overcome all the shadowy elements, or seeing entities, or ghosts, spirits, darkness, whatever you want to call them. And once I learned that they had no power over me, that love was more powerful than that, 
um, the darker spirits stopped showing up and then a light orb started entering my reality. Mm. So I sometimes see uh, light orbs and they'll show up when I'm talking to people over mm. their shoulder. Sometimes they're spirits, sometimes they're guides, mm-hmm. um, but now they're actually showing up in physical form. So these gifts just continue to unlock, to expand. Um, and the more that I integrate them, the more they become just part of a normal reality. Mm-hmm. Like there's no separation anymore. Yeah. It's so interesting because the more that I've tapped into my spirituality, I realize that it's magical powers. Totally. Yes. It is. We are. We, we are magic. We are magic. And we have the ability to feel energy, to see energy, to feel intentions. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, this is so shamed. Yes. I mean, think about as children, we come in completely open and then the adults around you are saying, oh, that's not real. Or, you know, you're too sensitive. I was always told I was too sensitive as a child, Mm. right? So you start to shut down those feelings or those abilities because you're told that it's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. So then as an adult, it's up to you to then tap back into your innate abilities, your innate sense of wonder, sense of awe. Um, that's why with the animal kingdom, it's like, look at this amazing, you know, these kindred spirits that we get to share the earth with. Mm-hmm. Like, are we really utilizing our capacity to, you know, to live in harmony together? Are we, are we tapping into the, the gifts that they bring? Mm-hmm. Are we just looking at them like, like we're better than them or we're more dominant mm-hmm. or they don't matter. Right. And our society is really built upon that that more dominating factor mm-hmm. and shaming and sh- yeah like just even the play yeah I, playfulness I, is a part of life and i've in the past now it is what it is but i was always so shamed for my play mm-hmm. because i knew that my inner child is going to remain this way and i want to cultivate that within myself yeah it's still there within everyone it's just suppressed typically mm. shamed or suppressed or just completely in the background and when you start to tap into these parts of yourself again it feels so good yeah when you can just make every day about joy and play and pleasure mm-hmm. going back to the concept of this universal energy and all of our magical powers when we tap into our intuition in our third eye i think it's so beautiful to really feel and understand that concept because when you are painting these animals and when you put your intention and channeling into these meanings for someone to pick up a card that day. It is like a universal force because it's more than just a card deck. This is like your soul power going into these cards to share with the world, to help guide them along their journey. Thank you. That's yes. powerful <laughs> stuff. I want to cry. <laughs> That's why I'm so, so happy because <sighs> when I can do what I love, and it's helping people, that's that's it. Like There's nothing better in life than doing what you love and knowing that it's bringing joy, happiness, and clarity to other people's lives. Totally. Because it's not enough to just feel joy by yourself. We're connected. We're connected with other humans, you know, just as much as we're connected to the plants and animals. So when you feel joy, you want to share that with others. Yeah. Ooh, I'm like a moment. <laughs> <laughs> So with these seven, 77 animals, can you talk a bit about the book that is recently oh, yeah. released? So I, I thought I was going to be done after the Oracle Tech. Mm-hmm. And 
then the animals were so strong with their with their connection. They're saying like like no, you can't just stop after painting seventy seven of us. Mm-hmm. There's so many more of us that need to come to life. And that that guy that you that I put into the oracle deck, I only had enough space to print a single you know three line message per animal. Mm-hmm. But the animals were like, no, 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 we have a lot more than just a sentence. Like we have a lot to share. So you're gonna have to write a book. So were these messages coming through to you in dreams um sometimes in dreams but also just so you know so strong in your mind every single day it's like what would I want to do today you want to paint animals and write about Mm. us okay like that the desire was always there but it became forefront Mm -hmm. like I couldn't I'd always wanted to paint animals and I always told myself I would have the happiest life ever if I just painted animals every day but then the rational, logical mind came in and said, okay, but how are you going to support yourself in the world? You can't just paint animals and make a living. Mm-hmm. So I did, you know, I went to art school and I got, I got a degree in fine art, but I didn't have the confidence then to just dive into painting. So I went into graphic design mm-hmm. and I got the job. I built the business. I did the whole thing, you know, advertising, marketing, e-commerce like I got really into the whole world and the desire to paint animals and follow my heart and joy was still there it was just kind of in the background Mm -hmm. and then after 10 years my soul would not let me stay trapped in that job anymore Mm -hmm. so my soul was like you have to break free like the desire to paint and and bring animals to life was just I couldn't ignore that feeling, the urge mm-hmm. anymore. And so when I started making the Oracle deck, it felt so good that once I started painting, I was like, okay, I don't want to stop. And then after 77, the animals were like, no, you're not stopping. <laughs> there's, there's other ones. There's, and I had a hard time even, even narrowing down my list to 77 because mm-hmm. I only had, the printers can only print up to 80 cards in a deck. So oh. I had, I had a limit of space. And I had a spreadsheet of all these animals and I kept rearranging them and asking, okay, who really needs to be here and who can wait till the next one? And then I knew there's going to have to be a second deck mm-hmm. or a book. And then when the book idea came into my mind, it was, I was like, okay, I'm just going to paint all the animals that need to be in this book. And I kept thinking I was done. And then another animal would come up and say, okay, what about me? Or somebody would walk into my shop and say, do you have this particular animal? I was like, nope, that I will. Yeah. And then I knew, I was like, okay, that animal needs to be included. Mm-hmm. And every time I thought I was done, it was another animal. And then if I ignored them, they kept getting brought into my awareness mm. over and over again until I was, you know, pretty, pretty loud and clear. Mm-hmm. Or they would come to me in dreams and make sure that I included them. Wow. So how many animals are in the new book? I think there's 134, 35. I need to do a new, a new count. All hand painted, yeah, and all written based on your channeling. Yes, connected to this deck or has connected. There... Yep, it's a companion guide to the Oracle deck, but it's also a standalone book. Mm-hmm. So this book, my intention is that it becomes a new reference guide, so that if someone has a dream about an animal, they can open up the book. Mm-hmm. If they see one, uh, if they have their own Oracle deck, they can still use it as a companion. I love that. Especially with the dream, because if I dream about an animal, I'll go mm-hmm. on Google and the information is oh, scattered. Yeah, it's scattered. Very that's scattered. Good, that's a good word for it. Mm-hmm. My intention was to make a really, really concise and clear book 
Wow. So this is perfect timing that we're talking because your book was just published, correct? Last night. Last night. (laughs) (laughs) So how can people find, so how can people get this Oracle deck? How can people find your book? And after you say that, I'm going to choose an animal. Okay. So currently my Oracle deck is available on bohemiandreamer.com and in about one month, my hardcover, oh, so the book is going to be hardcover, full color. So it's really important to me that the whole book is alive with the vibrancy, with the colors, and that the quality is is, is matching to the, to the content. So if you want to have a really nice coffee table book in about four weeks, that'll be available on bohemiandreamer.com, also on Amazon, and then my ebook will be available for distribution within a week. Mm. I think everyone should have this Oracle deck on their kitchen table because it brings people together and it creates conversation and it's so, it brings so much value. Like when this deck is around, it brings people together and gives them something to do. It gives them a great way to connect and have conversations that are deep. Yeah. I like that. And I'm really excited for that book to come out because that's even, that's a game changer. The book will be called Spirit Animal Wisdom. Hmm. Love that. So I'm going to choose an animal. Everyone listening, you need to get this deck. It's so powerful. And the intention behind it is so beautiful that if you need guidance in your life, which I would like to get every day through the spirit animals. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to choose one. Do you have a specific uh, question that you're going to ask? So when I'm using my Oracle deck, Mm -hmm. I love to ask really specific questions. Really specific? Mm -hmm. If you're going, th- if you have a life decision that you're about to make, you can ask, are there any animals that want to weigh in on this decision and okay. help me make a better decision? All right. So should I wait to get this thumb tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thinking about getting a little thumb tattoo and I should wait. Maybe, maybe. Hawk is all about the details. You just picked Hawk. Okay. It's beautiful. I picked a beautiful Hawk. What does this mean? So Hawk is all about paying attention to the details and stepping, flying up to a high vantage point so you can look down at your life from a higher perspective. That's really powerful. Yeah, so this is um, that's a big decision to get a tattoo. It is a big decision. I feel like that was, uh, just FYI for everyone listening, that was a conversation that we had before this podcast. Like there are more meaningful and deep things in my life <laughs> happening. <laughs> Than maybe getting a thumb tattoo, but as I have a matching thumb tattoo. Yeah, we have a beautiful henna. But you know what? Um, It's interesting because, like, for me, I have a very different meaning for the hawk. Mm -hmm. I'm about to make. Remember the hawk that we had um, had the ceremony for? Yeah. A, A hawk died on my front porch a few weeks ago. And it was such a strong message and gift, and I gave it ceremony, and I have these beautiful hawk feathers. And tonight I was going to do something with the hawk feathers. So Interesting. My whole night is based around hawk tonight. So when you pulled hawk, that has a whole different message for me. Wow. Than it might for you. Because tonight I'm going to do something with the feathers. I've been waiting, and on the eve of the solstice is the, is the way to honor the hawk tonight. So that means a lot more. Yeah. And that's the thing. Whenever you, so anybody listening, if you pull an animal, 
don't just listen to the words that I've written or that you read. Take, get your own download and your own message from the animal as well, because it's going to mean so much to you mm. in these ways. Yeah. How am I willing to be seen in this world? It's a beautiful question. Yeah. As my authentic self. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. This was so amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on here today. Bohemian dreamer, everyone. Find this Oracle deck. Book Animal Spirit Wisdom will be out very soon. And thank you, Rachel. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It would mean so much to me if you left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and a beautiful and kind review. It makes a huge difference in the podcast world. Additionally, I'm going to leave all of Rachel's information in the show notes for this episode, her website, and everything else, Rachel, including her IG and Facebook page. Additionally, I'm going to leave the Beautiful People Patreon link in the bio for this episode. All donations welcome. Hope you have a beautiful day. And I would also like to acknowledge that there are many more things going on in my world than being confused about a goddamn thumb tattoo. I will probably not be getting it. Mom, if you're listening to this... I will not get it. I have a henna and I will continue to get the henna. I love you. Bye.